everybody, and welcome to uh, Session Zero for Green Mountain Mysteries. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, this is an actual play <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're going to play a tabletop role-playing game, and we're going to record it. That's the format. You probably know that. You're listening to this. Uh, so we're going to be using a thing called the Dresden Files role-playing game system. It's based on the novels by Jim Butcher. Uh, they're great. Go read them. Most, like a lot of us have. Uh, I, Tom, you've read all of them, right? Yeah, I've read all of them except for the one that I got for my birthday last year. Good job, Christine, for getting or Tom. Or Christmas. That. Was it Christmas or my birthday? I forget. It was anyway. your birthday. Yeah, it, it's still sitting on my nightstand like, read me. All right. So, uh, hi, for proper introduction, my name is Mike. I'm going to be game master for this particular adventure uh, so I'm gonna make up a bunch of stuff and make these silly people make rolls uh, so hey let's go down the line introducing ourselves alrighty um, my name is Tom and I will be playing the role of a I'll be playing the role of Albion so I'll expect to hear this accent for very long stretches of time um, so Albion's kind of a uh, he's a monster hunting type his high concept is um Hard-traveling, magic-dabbling, gunslinging monster hunter, which is to say that uh, he's got his hands in a lot of pies, and most of them have guns at the bottom. Um, his trouble aspect, which pie. is... A gun pie, yes. His trouble aspect, <laughs> which is the thing that the DM can use against me whenever he so desires. GM, sorry, we're not playing Dungeons and Dragons like a bunch yeah. of nerds. Um, no, no, we're, we're not his... nerds. This is urban fantasy. Yeah, no, we're the cool kids. You can't sit with us. Um... His trouble aspect is um, monsters have log memories because when you hunt monsters, occasionally uh, they remember that and don't take too kindly to it. Um, his yeah, other that, that aspects, happens. yeah, his other aspects are um, I saw what was behind the curtain, and now I hunt it because he's sort of looked behind the veil that um, hides the fantasy world just behind our own, and now he shoots things that come out of it. Uh, I was gonna say that's real dramatic there for a sec. And then you're like, oh, no, yeah, I just yeah. shoot my problems. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call me a troubleshooter. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. Um, he, he has aspects of magic and ancient weapons are no match for a spas 12 at your side, kid. Because, yeah, having magic powers and a gun bound to an um, ancient god is cool and all. But sometimes you just need a shotgun to deal with your issues. Um, and in the same vein as things like Supernatural or things like that, he's got an aspect of, um, I've got a trunk full of bullshit. Something in there has got a stick. Which is to say, if there's a monster that needs killing, he's probably got something that can hurt it in his trunk. As long as I'm willing to spend a fate point for it to be there. Um, his face yeah. aspect, lone wolf in it, ain't always feasible. Which um, came about from his first interaction with uh, one of the characters we'll be introducing next, Desdemona. Um... Uh, came from the fact, um, so that, sorry, let me try this in English. Oh, there's, um, there's a really cool element to this game system where there's a collaborative storytelling uh, element of actual character creation. So all the stuff that Tom's been talking about, these aspects, uh, they are kind of snapshots of the character and his personality, and they inform a lot of how people are going to perceive him, how he's going to get played, but also they are sort of collaboratively created with the other players based on past adventures that they've had together because you guys are not all meeting in a bar. 
Yeah, no, this again, this isn't Dungeons and Dragons. That's a game for nerds. Yeah, that, that's, that's just a really cool element of the Dresden Files role-playing game system that says, you people know each other already. Make up stories about why. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So the last aspect is um, Protective Streak a Mile Long from uh, an adventure with uh, our friend Gwen's character, Ro, in which he shot a vampire that was threatening her. It didn't take. Um, Albion's main main skills are guns, conviction, and um, things you use to fight. And also to know what a monster is, so he's got a pretty good lore score as well. Um, Lower down the tier are um, his skills like um, rapport, investigation, discipline, fists, and resources. So stuff like, I mean, he's, he's more used to shooting things than punching them. Because you don't want to get close enough to punch some of these things. But um, he's got access to decent amounts of resources and uh, decent amounts of um, kind of people skills. But he that's not his strongest suit. So that's basically where his strengths lie. Yeah, there are like 20 different skills in this game. And they don't map exactly to a lot of the like classical D&D style skills. Uh it's a lot of verisimilitude of like real people and stuff that people could actually in real life be good at or you know wizards i guess yeah. because there's magic stuff too um so you're kind of okay at magic stuff actually you're pretty good at some magic stuff i guess but uh not not a lot of it yeah so um and then he has his special abilities um now like i said he's got his hands in a couple pies um He's got uh, two actual character uh, concepts stacked on top of another. One of them is a true believer because he is a um, follower of several faiths, but primarily Odin. Uh, and the other one is... Um, it's not focused practitioner, it's minor talent. He's got a little bit of magic yeah. in him. Uh, so he can access sort of a third eye to see the world for what it really is. Um, and he can use the power of faith to... Um, sort of guide his hand to where he needs to be or to um make a protection of a space stronger so like the ward between the in like the threshold of a house he can strengthen just by being there that's actually and he's a, also a really important part of the whole system sorry for interrupting but um uh for people that don't know the source material all magic is faith driven uh which is not to say that everybody that uses magic is a cleric uh it's that you have faith that you're like you have faith in your own power and you have a faith that you're using it correctly so uh that it sort of allows for a world where like wizards exist but also so do uh christians that have holy relics and also so do buddhists that can do cool special stuff um and so do monster hunters that worship odin (laughs) Because in this universe, uh, all the gods are real. All of them. Conviction is uh, the skill that usually drives magic use. So it's sort of belief in whatever power you're drawing from makes you better at drawing from it. Uh, And that that informs a lot of the different templates that exist. Because uh, instead of traditional classes, uh, since this is a thing that takes place in the real world, sort of, uh, there aren't classes so much as just sort of templates and you can have multiple because sometimes you're multiple things like uh, Tom was talking about Albion where he's got that true believer template 
but he's also got the minor talent, so he's got a little bit of different flavors of magic. Um, for this universe, there are all sorts of different things. You can just be a straight-up mortal, regular old person that has no magic whatsoever. Darius's character is a pure mortal. He has no magic power whatsoever, but he knows that magic is real, uh, uh, much to his chagrin, yes? We're going to get to the, the fun character aspects that you have about that. Uh, but as a as a mortal or a not mortal or a wizard or a, a werewolf or a whatever, there's a pool of, of points called fate points. It's the primary resource of the game. You can spend fate points to uh, improve your roles or to really get yourself out of a jam. And I can bribe players with fate points to make their story worse and more difficult. Uh, just, you know, because that'd be fun for the narrative. Uh, mortals get more fate points because they have to sort of get by on their their wits and their luck because they have no special powers. Mm -hmm. uh, you have your your character sheet there. Uh, yeah. All right. So walk us through the guy whose name I did not understand the pun of until it was way too late. Okay. So his name is Sylvester Cooper Smith. I'm still mad at you. I know. That's what makes it great. <laughs> It was a very sly move on his part. God, yeah. I'm, I'm so angry. Surprisingly, I'm surprised he doesn't. He's never seen a raccoon, even though he's been in Maine. <laughs> Not Maine, Vermont. <laughs> Vermont. Yeah, I'm from New yeah. York. We, it's all the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all places with woods that are north of here. Whatever. Yeah, it's just not the city. So that's all I recognize it as. <laughs> those yeah. things called trees. We have. They those. have. They have. They have them in some parts of New York. Yeah, they're just, like, sporadic, which is the way they should be, damn it. It's when they all gang up on you, that's the problem. <laughs> the, the best the part is you've, right. basically, you've basically hit on one of the themes of the game. The dwarves were right, the trees be attacking. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's why, so That's why but, Thor strikes them with lightning. Oof. Yeah, exactly. He knows what's up. I know what's up, because I, I follow Odin, so I know Thor. There you go. He's my. We go drinking. Not that's not canon. No, you play racquetball no, together. No, no, <laughs> no. no a guy not... whose name was no. You didn't go drinking with Thor. You went drinking with a guy named Thor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about this character of yours, this butt doctor. Uh, okay. Walk us walk us through this guy. So he's a former uh, soccer player, but then he got injured, and then he went into proctology. Because that's, you know, a common career choice for those who receive injuries in athletics. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, that's yeah. how it always happens. That's why we have doctors. I mean, that's what happened to Einstein. He was like a pro basketball player, but then he went on the whole, you know, nuclear physics route. Yeah, I'll take it. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, he's good at that. And he's good at brawling. And he probably has, like, a short temper, probably because of the whole injury that means that he can't do, like, you know, World Cup shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, to, to be clear, was it, it was in college that he, um, he got injured, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want, you can go through the, the aspects that you have on the sheet, because that gives a good general picture of Sylvester. Okay. So, the high concept is butt-kicking, butt-doctor. Which I love. And the trouble is heavy as the head that wears the crown. Yeah. Um, 
you're you're basically like the the smartest and coolest guy in the room, and you know it, right? Pretty much. And so. the other aspects are aim low and go high. Uh, three-legged horse. Life is just a ride, and nobody likes wizards. Oh, um, you do get a fifth one because we you did have that adventure with um, everybody else involving the hags and stuff. Oh yeah. So uh, if you want to figure out sort of a, a fifth uh, th- sort of character aspect from that series of events, uh, how like what what kind of inf- what kind of character choices or what informed uh, Sylvester's character and outlook from that sequence of events do you think uh if i may you kill the fae by kicking it hard enough <laughs> yeah with steel toed well not steel toed boots with boots with like iron kind of cobbled onto them yeah 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 you 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 took those steel toed boots and you did some chicanery uh and made them iron kicking boots <laughs> somehow <laughs> uh they do not look that great. They're not exactly fashion, but uh, they work. I guess function is better than fashion. Uh, yeah. Um, is that? I mean, if you want, that's that's definitely an aspect that you can have. Uh, I think okay. that. Uh, I think does is that sound like the kind of thing that you would um, kind of lean on as a personality element that you can call up for uh, for role play purposes? Yeah. All right. You do that. Function is better than fashion. Or function <laughs> over fashion or something of that nature. Yeah, same shit. Yeah. All right. Uh so are we going to start are we going to start uh building up a craftsmanship score into this character <laughs> over time? Probably. I mean I mean you can't always it's not like you can always have like a med kit right on you at all times. Sometimes you got to like you know you got to improvise. MacGyver some shit together. <laughs> Actually, I really like that because that gives you a nice sort of narrative excuse for like, I have all this medical training, but I don't have just a bunch of stuff on me at all times. So you make it work. There you go. All right. I like that. Um, and let's let's talk about uh, Christine. <coughs> okay. Introduce yourself. I'm Christine, and I am playing the character Desdemona Brown. Uh, she is a medium psychic uh, and an, an ectomancer. Uh, her high concept... I, I understood some of those words. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you mean to say it? or? Oh, no, no. Um, I feel like ectomancer might not be the most obvious thing. Um, yeah, she can basically um, kind of use ghosts and spirits uh and can kind of use that uh, as part of her magic. She can kind of control them sometimes. Okay, because that's way more rad of a description. <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. Her, her high concept aspect is she's the haunted, hunted mouthpiece of the supernatural with the trouble aspect of never truly alone. Um, some of her aspects I've got are uh, Grammy came for the tea party, so she had a grandmother uh, who died when she was really young who was also a medium psychic who started showing up and uh it's a phase aspect that basically points to um her being a medium psychic uh 
and she's this been something she's been sort of a skill that she's been honing all of her life. I've got here for a next aspect. Sometimes Jack helps me. No, that's bad. <laughs> we don't know exactly what Jack is, <laughs> um, but he's a uh, he's kind of a being who sometimes gives Desdemona sponsored magic, whether she likes it or not. You'll you'll meet him eventually. Um, yeah, I have another uh, face. Yeah. Oh, can I just talk about sponsored magic for a second? Because I Definitely. think this is a neat thing. Um, sponsored magic. Sometimes people can't really just you know do magic the regular way, but uh, some powerful thing. Oops, sorry. Some powerful thing might be like, hey, I'll give you power, but you have this bargain. You have this debt you owe. Very like you know Daniel Webster and the devil kind of thing. Uh, so you do have magic, but you also have a sponsored magic debt that you are uh, building up. Yeah, that's because Jack showed up at the right place at the right time, um, taught Desdemona on the fly how to control ghosts and spirits, and she did not know what she was getting in for when that happened. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Jack is a terrifying thing, and uh, Tom... Since we, we did play out uh, a short adventure before uh, this this particular uh, campaign starts, uh, what's, what was your experience with Mr. Jack again? Um, all right. Uh, so Albion, uh, in a moment, suspected something was wrong with death, so he opened his uh, his magical third eye. And what he saw, uh, the, the game master refused to describe to me. All he said was that I took an immense amount of mental strain... And had a consequence simply titled, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so that actually brings up a, a cool feature of the system. It's these stress tracks. So in a lot of tabletop games, you have hit points. Uh, and it, I love when you have like 100 hit points or you have four hit points. It's like, oh, I got stabbed. I have four hit points. I'm laying on the ground dying. But when you have 100 hit points, someone stabs you for four damage and you're just like, why? What was this? That was nothing. So, and that abstraction is kind of weird sometimes. Uh, a lot of people sort of abstract it as like, oh, this is how good you are at rolling with the punches now. Uh, but this system has stress tracks that I think do that abstraction really nicely. So when somebody hits you in combat, it isn't necessarily them like actually hitting you or like wounding you. Um, it's it really is ticking down how long you can go without actually taking some sort of penalty or like injury for being in the fight. And then they have what's called consequences, where you can choose to take a consequence so that you don't have to take as much stress because you have a limited amount of hits of stress you can take before you are uh, taken out. And being taken out is bad because the whoever takes you out gets to control how you're taken out. And in a fight, that could mean that they decide you're dead, uh, which is not good. <laughs> so uh, nobody wants that. So you can choose to take a consequence, which is an actual like injury or actual, well, consequence of, of, taking, uh, of take, being in this fight longer. Uh, so, you know, like a werewolf gives you a big old slashy rue and it's like seven stress to you but you only have like four stress on your track yeah you 
that goes over your four, so you have to take some sort of consequence like, you know, gut slash or something uh, that would reduce it by four. Uh, and, like, that'll get a little more explained in gameplay of, like, when that comes up. But I just think that's a very good system, especially because there are three tracks, not just uh, HP for physical. They have a physical track, a mental track, and a social track. Because sometimes you can get into a social conflict with somebody, and I think that that is just, just wonderful that you can take someone out of a scene uh, by overloading their mind or calling them names. Or, or whatever it is. Uh, I just love that there are multiple different uh, stress tracks for different things. So uh, uh, if you want to get back into uh, Desdemona there, that was just, I thought, a, a good time to bring up that particular aspect of the game. No problem. The other phase aspects kind of had to do with the uh, previously done adventures. Um, so I've got Welcome to the Paranet which was um, something I had with um, our previous player, Marcus. Uh, so that has to do more with like a Desdemona becoming, you know, a bit of a more focused practitioner of magic. I've got, hey, I can actually do this, which was her adventure with Albion. Uh, you know, kind of getting a little more confident in her abilities. And uh, my most recent one, which was a wonderful uh, adventure with Ro, I've got what's the difference because um turns out desdemona is pretty good at being a distraction and diverting attention and even a little bit of lying white lies um and, and to be got, clear yeah. we're not talking about the kind of lies that most practitioners of being a psychic medium uh we're not talking about that kind of lying roasted no because she actually has that gift yes it's just style shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, we, we've mentioned Ro a couple of times, and that's actually our, our last uh, our last character. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm the baby. Um, I'm Gwen. Um, I'm playing the character Ro. And, and you can do no wrong. <laughs> you can do no wrong because you're baby. Yeah, so I've decided. I'm using that term right, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Okay, good. So I've decided. I'm old. I'm older. Damn it. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Gwen. Hey, I'm not the oldest. You here. can ground Michael. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for Row, I have decided <laughs> to completely erase what I have, and she's going to be a monk who has taken a vow of silence for this audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, baby. I win. You're beautiful. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> So, Ro or Rosetta. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, Rosetta Common is uh, a young woman from Rhode Island. She grew up in a not so great situation. Um, her dad was involved with some shady stuff. Her. As you are, you know, <laughs> oh, from yeah, Rhode a- Island. As, as one does when you're <laughs> from Rhode Island. Um, her high concept is half manic, half pixie thief girl. With a trouble of... <laughs> I love that. I, I'm very proud of that one. Um, my trouble is you have no power over me. Um, because she... <laughs> I, I kind of want to touch on... Uh, I'm sorry. I, I kind of want to touch on what that high concept oh, yeah, actually yeah. means. Okay. So... Because um, yeah, that introduces a whole nother avenue of yes. this game and this universe. So. so we have decided on making Ro a changeling. 
So she knows her father, who is human. She does not know her other parent, her mother. Um, so she doesn't know that she has some magical abilities. We touched on it a little bit with Rose's journey with Albion and kind of Desdemona, that she has some veils, some small magic stuff that she can do. She just doesn't know what that is yet. Um, yeah, so for to be clear, your other parent is a fae, is, is some sort of fae creature uh, from a place called the Never Never, which is just the best name. <laughs> uh, but the Never Never is is basically a, a parallel world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's basically a parallel world that is uh, sort of uh, sort of covered over our own, uh, uh, just on the other side of like an invisible veil at all times, that sort of thing. Um, but it's not a one to one overlap with our reality. Uh, but it's also where all fey creatures come from all you know fairies goblins etc but it's not where all monsters come from like werewolves and vampires are definitely real but they're from you know the real world Uh, and then there's other more more terrible things like lovecraftian horrors that also do not come from the never never they come from somewhere else that is sort of outside of reality but you have a parent that is from uh, that never, never heritage that is some sort of fae, and you don't even know what that looks like. Yet. Correct. So it's a lot of she's gonna figure out that shit later. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, you definitely know that magic is real. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think. I- like in your in your adventure with Des, you you literally went into the <laughs> never, never briefly. That portal through a stained glass window might be a slight indication. Uh, maybe Ro had been drinking I mean, and, you know, took a nice nap and had a really cool dream. I yeah, mean, a very expensive dream. <laughs> you watched me shoot a guy yeah. repeatedly and he just kind of walked it off. So, yeah. So, yeah. And then there were those those uh, two mobsters that were uh, breaking through the door and just disappeared. And you have no idea why. Yeah, like I said, maybe it's a dream. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, your bank account says otherwise because <laughs> you were in the middle of something with Des. I have a business to run here. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I have some debts to pay. <laughs> but so a little bit. So yeah, let's get yeah. back into your aspect. Nope, Sorry for no the problem. Uh, side. So note. like I said, my trouble is you have no power over me. Um, with the other aspects. Basically, they're not your... Yeah, like, like you're not my dad. Sorry, you can't tell me wanted... what to do. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, like, it, it's funny because people can't tell you what to do because they're not a cop or your dad. <laughs> but you also won't let your dad tell you what to do because shut exactly. up. Exactly. And also, fuck the cops. You're a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, yeah. Goblin King, go away. <laughs> yeah. That is 100% Jared, so what inspired that. So... <laughs> yeah. So Bravo. basically, basically, Ro listens to a lot of Rage Against. Yeah, the she's very, I would say, very <laughs> punk rock, or at least tries to be. Like, you're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of me, unless you know, I want to do my own thing, and then I'm not even the boss of me. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Uh, so, so I guess you would say 
Um, you have a problem with authority. I do. Okay. <laughs> Seth believes that you uh, probably listen to more metal covers of Evanescence. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, like, all I have in my in my uh, iPod shuffle. <laughs> oh, my God. iPod shuffle. It's 2019. <laughs> yeah. It was on sale. It was, like, 10 bucks. <laughs> Don't tell her exactly. what she can't listen to. Got my own thing going on. <laughs> iPod shuffle's the new vinyl. <laughs> It's, it's ironic, just, okay? It's just, you're so tired of being here, piano riff plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, that's that's the one. That's the one by everyone's favorite singer, Amy Evanescence. Perfect. Uh, we're going to get everyone so mad at this. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so... So, uh, what... Uh, what uh, you talked about veils that... Um, that mm-hmm. Ro can do. Uh, I, I guess sort of what veils do. Uh, it, wow, that was the best. I made words Yay. so good right there. What do words fail? Yes. Read a word, read a word, okay. This is an <laughs> audio medium, and I'm smart and good at words. People love it. So, yeah, uh, veils are kind of like, if you... <laughs> oh boy okay Glenn, so help. from my understanding and i'm very new to this veils are so rose understanding of it is she just kind of wants to hide or not be seen and she doesn't get seen um it's part of the magic that she had yeah you just Python cover your speech. eyes and no one can see you but yes. actually no yes. one can see you is that like the is that like the Invisible Kid from uh, yes. Mystery Men? I love that movie. Where, like, uh, nobody, if nobody looked at him, they couldn't see him because he was invisible. You know uh-huh. what? I think that sounds right. Ro has figured out how not to be seen. <laughs> Seth says it isn't not like that. Uh, oh, yeah. I keep mentioning Seth. Uh, Seth is listening to this because he is the guy who has written our campaign. Uh, I may be good at running a game which all evidence to the contrary because I can talk good. Uh, but Seth is very, very good at writing stories. And I think Seth has a fantastic adventure set up in this universe that ties in a lot of, a lot of cool story ideas <clears throat> and uh, just a lot of neat, neat plot threads. For, uh, for one thing, we should mention this game is going to be set in and around Burlington, Vermont. Which a is fictionalized def- version. So if we get the layout wrong, don't tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, don't at me. Um, this is, this is slight fantasy, um, Burlington, Vermont, but it's the real world Burlington, Vermont that we slightly fictionalized because in the Dresden files, it's just the real world, except magic is real. Uh, for people that don't know the Dresden files, it's kind of like Harry Potter in that way, but just way, way, way more. Uh, for instance, there's more books and there's more mythos, I think. More gooder. I mean, I would possibly argue that also. I, I like this series quite a bit. Uh, I don't want to say anything Potter, just so the Potterheads don't, I, like, I, attack us. Because I know some pretty I, intense fans. <laughs> yeah, look, I like Harry Potter. I just enjoy the Dresden Files better. You're going to no. have to edit all Seth, of this Seth, out. Seth, leave you, this in. Call off your Hufflepuff. Madman. Leave you this in, Seth. You absolute madman. <laughs> 
Look, it was it was an important cultural touchstone to sort of get the oh whatever. Uh, yeah, so so the genre is urban fantasy. This is the Drastic Files. It's way better than Harry Potter. Okay, see, now we can take that clip of you saying that out of context, and it's not me. Oh God, what have I done? They're coming for you, Tom. Yes. Oh no, they're gonna swing their sticks at me and Lumos or whatever. They're coming to get you. We're drawing some lines in this now. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I actually yes, I'm going to draw some lines in the sand, but I'm gonna do a bit of a serious pivot on that because. Uh, this is a game that is set in ostensibly the real world, uh, though, you know, obviously there's wizards and warlocks and uh, vampires and werewolves, oh my, and fairies and all sorts of, uh, you know, Lovecraftian whatever. So, yeah, but it is still set in what is functionally the real world. So there's going to be some, like, real world issues that come up. I mean, Sylvester, you're playing a proctologist. <laughs> Uh, yes. He's a he's a doctor who is teaching at a uh, a college in Vermont, University of Vermont. Um, and he's also he's he's black in Vermont, yeah. Which is kind of not that common, it turns out. <laughs> and, Apparently, I'm a unicorn. Go figure. Yeah. And and Roe is uh, uh, she's a daughter of a father of an organized crime head, uh, and. Albion is somebody who solves a lot of his problems with with violence and guns because a lot of his problems are just monsters. And Desdemona talks to dead people. So some of this stuff... <laughs> you know, real world issues and yeah. dead people. Yeah. 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 So I I don't want this to be something that gets bogged down in a lot of the mire of actual real world problems because Ultimately, this is escapism, this is fantasy, this is fun, but uh, we still need to be sensitive about actual real-world issues, and I don't want to ever just, like, sort of gloss over and pretend that those things aren't real, because in this world, they are. It's just that we're not going to be necessarily addressing them head-on. Right. Uh, like, yeah, you know, no matter if you if you believe that there's, uh, you know, a problem with gun violence in this country or whatnot, Albion's got weapons, he shoots monsters. It's just that's what he does. Uh, we're we're not probably going to be wading into that conversation. Just like I don't think we're going to be doing too much wading into the conversation about like racism or anything of that sort. But that it's, it's it's we're going to deal with some sensitive things probably. But I'm going to try to keep things generally light. Seth has constructed the campaign in such a way that uh, the issues we have to deal with are kind of fantastical but also definitely well very fantastical in many cases but also still grounded in some real world issues so uh i just wanted I had to a get a pie that was probably people <laughs> in our in our precursor campaign uh they did have to deal with some hags uh and hags are notorious anthropage uh, anthro wow anthrophages i need to do better vocal warm-ups um which means oh. eats people so uh, they ran a diner. They ate some food there. The food was delicious, and um, <laughs> there Sweeney was, Todd. yeah, there was some concern about Sweeney Todding. Um, but I, I'm actually going to spoil that for the players. None of you were served human meat. Okay. Oh well, no. good because Albion did not want <laughs> yeah. to have that. Bro just eats humans it. on like no because that days. that burger was delicious. 
She's so she's so into her fairy side that she's like, mmm, yep. delicious. That is not canon. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I I think this is this is something that we want to make that is fun to listen to and is going to be generally fairly lighthearted, you know, despite action, adventure, and you know, mayhem and murder. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is this is <coughs> the sort of thing where I'm definitely open to uh, hearing from people that if we're you know, not handling something in a sensitive way. I, I'm happy to hear that. So, yeah, I think that that covers a lot of what we're going to do with this. So this was a I little just realized we never, I just realized we actually never touched on Albion's magic gun. Oh, we got didn't. a magic gun, the end. Yeah. No, because <laughs> uh, you, jumped, you jumped right into Sylvester. Um, That's true. Yeah, no, um, Albion... Um, Albion's part of a monster hunting organization, sort of loosely, um, a loose group of, uh, people who are occasionally hired out by the powers that be to deal with monster threats that they either politically can't or just don't have time for. And, um, part of the organization is that it is, one of its direct patrons is, uh, Odin. And because of this, yeah, somehow, Odin. yes, that, that Odin, uh, Albion has ended up with a gun that is essentially an aspect of Odin's spear, Gugnir, to the point where it bears that name and has a direct um, tie of power to Odin. So uh, occasionally Albion can um, uh, tap into the um, connection of that gun and use it to uh, wholly... Uh, uh, how do I say this? To uh, smite with religious fury... Um, you know what, let me rephrase that. To smite with divine fury um, things that are offensive to Odin. Go medieval so, uh, on they ass. Go medieval on they ass. And um, yeah, so Alvin has a real cool magic gun that he occasionally uses and uh, is Odin... not quite sh sure he deserves. Does Odin's business card actually say yes, that Odin? <laughs> if it doesn't, that it should. His his business card, it says... Um, what's Monarch Securities, uh, right? Uh, Donar Vaterung is what it says. Yeah, because, that's right. Um, that's his name in the real world. Uh -huh. Yes, in in the real world of the Dresden Files. Um, <laughs> Seth says, <laughs> I mean, I've read American Gods. Uh, yeah, American Gods was very good. Uh, so He's not Mr. Uh, Wednesday. That's a different guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I... I, I I'm trying to think if there are any other things that need to be touched on. Oh, uh, one of them is uh, you mentioned the powers that be. One of those powers that be is the White Council of Wizards, which is a big old political force in the magical world. Uh, they are, well, they're wizards and, you know, magically inclined folks that are powerful enough to be called wizards. They have a big old council. They have a guy called the Merlin. He's not that Merlin, but he's, you know, <laughs> another one. Uh, it's it's a title. Card say not that Merlin. Yeah, <laughs> his business cards say, you shouldn't know I exist. Um, <laughs> I don't give out business cards. Because, no. again, drawing that similarity to Harry Potter, uh, the magical powers that be usually don't want the mundane folks to know that they exist. Uh, the White Council of Wizards has a policy that's basically like, you do not tell other people about magic at all. Because uh, magic is real, real dangerous. Magic is very powerful. Uh, if you know the common folk knew about magic, they would probably start using it, and that would not necessarily be great. 
because there are rules. The White Council is very self-important. They've set up like actual laws about magic, and if you break those laws, they will just kill you. Because rehabilitating somebody who abuses magic power is apparently a way too difficult. So there are some rules. Uh, there are seven laws, and they may or may not come up during play. And if they do, uh, they'll, they'll be clarified. Uh, especially because some people in the group have read uh, the Dresden Files. Some people haven't. Uh, but we've all gotten familiar enough with the, with the setting and system from doing some play. Is there anything anyone wants to add about their characters or the, the game world or the system before we head in? Nah. No, I think we're good. Okay. All right. Uh, excellent. Well, I hope that that answered any questions that people had. Uh, hopefully this is a helpful resource uh, and introduction to the game world, the game system. Oh, it's a fate dice system. That's the thing I didn't mention. Um, it is a fate system, so it's not rolling with d20s, but with these cool little dice called fate dice. They've got other uh, six-sided dice, and they've got two plus faces, two minus faces, and two blank faces. So you take four of those dice, roll them, add the pluses and minuses together, and that's the modifier to your skill. Uh, so the skill ladder is way, way, way slimmer. Uh, people usually only have scores between zero and five. Uh, instead of you know rolling a 20-sided die and getting a huge variance in possible results. So uh, the challenges are much, uh, much, much tighter, and it's a much more like mapped to real-world sort of skill levels. Because, uh, yeah, it's meant to be more realistic, quote-unquote, than Dungeons & Dragons, even though people are literally using magic to summon ghosts or, like, fireballs. Just like in the real world. Yeah, exactly. So somebody who has a zero in a skill has no training in it. They have no special talent in it. Uh, somebody has a one or a two in their skill maybe has some training or a very high degree of natural talent. Uh, like three and four are people that do it for a living. Uh, you know, three is good enough at the job to actually be a professional. Uh, four is like you're real good in your field. And five is just like pushing the boundaries of human uh, potential. So Olympic athletes would be fours and fives on the athletic skill. Uh, people who are just like absurdly skilled, like John Wick would have a five in guns because good God, <laughs> uh, that that dude, he is supernaturally good at shooting almost. Gets a six in dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He, gets a, he has a high empathy score, but only situationally because dogs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, like a, a counselor that, you know, somebody that sees people on a regular basis might have an empathy score between three or four. And if you're just like the world's best counselor, you might have a five. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the idea. A lot of supernatural things will go above and beyond into like the six to eight range. And if you have something that has a plus eight in a skill, like run, because they are probably uh, way too powerful for you. So, great. Uh, let's move into actual role-playing and actual game. We're going to get started. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the adventure. <laughs> um, I, for one, I personally do not hope Maximum they enjoy the episode. I hope they yeah. <laughs> more than enjoy Comedy and culture. I don't have a word for that, but that's what I hope they do. <laughs> um, love? Yeah, that's a strong word. Is that, is that good? Uh, that's too much. <laughs> How about adore? 
Like, I want them to want to move in with our (laughs) podcast, but not have, like, a marriage. (laughs) You want... (laughs) Like, be roommates with our podcast. (laughs) We hope you platonically love our podcast. (laughs) You can hug it with its consent. You can get to know our podcast. You can be be fans of us, but you can't be in fans of us. (laughs) Get to know our podcast real well, maybe hang out with us exactly. at a couple public events, and then maybe, uh, maybe, if they're nice fast. enough, you like, can take our podcast we'll out to dinner. Together to or karaoke, you know. I don't know how much of this is sting. <laughs> All of it. It's so uh, good. But, <laughs> Most of it. But I think I should mention that uh, we will actually, yes, we do have a social media presence. Um, uh, you can find us on pretty much all the primary socials that I, a 32-year-old, understand how to use. Um, <laughs> I'm we a will have teen. Hashtags. I can help, except for I'm an adult. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> accurate. Uh, I believe... Probably like hashtag like GMM cast, I think would make sense. That's that's snappy.